There's no guarantee that it'll be successful. So the difference, the giant knotweed and, and the Japanese knotweed come from different parts of Japan, and I think they have looked at two different species of these psyllids that uh, target the different species. So they, they might have to have two different breeding populations, and depending on the distribution, release them differently. And then the question is whether they would survive the winter and reproduce. Uh, lots of questions about whether this would be effective in the wild. Thank you all for your interest and attention and help, helping kick off this two-year project. For WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Rosie Starr. You've been listening to a presentation on Knotweed by Steve Schwartz, given at the Wayne County Library on Main Street in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, as part of the Food for Thought program hosted by the Wayne County Library uh, every Saturday morning at 1030 during the month of March. Okay, and that's going to do it for Making Waves tonight. Thank you so much to Rosie Starr uh, for that recording that talk on Japanese knotweed. And uh, thank you to uh, Tanis Kowalczyk from Willowisp Farm for the piece on delphiniums. And, of course, as always, the entire Kingfisher crew, uh, Julie, Barbara, and everybody. Thank you for listening to Making Waves. It'll be back again next week. Stay tuned here at WJFF. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. News on the coronavirus outbreak and the impact of COVID-19 on our listening area and beyond is changing every day. WJFF is committed to keeping you informed. That's why we've compiled a comprehensive list of links for local, national, and global resources of information, from tips on staying healthy to the latest emergency declarations and closings. Go to WJFFradio.org to stay informed and keep listening to your community radio station, WJFF. Support comes from Sullivan NY Connects, offering information and assistance regarding long-term services and supports for people of all ages or with any type of disability nyconnects.ny.gov Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Stay tuned for a classic edition of Trailer Talk from the archives. The following road session is from Confluence, People, Places, Stories, the Upper Delaware River Watershed, self-guided place-based audio tours. The Common Waters Partnership says this about the Upper Delaware River Watershed. The Delaware River is a vital economic and recreational resource Basin-wide systems of forests, streams, and wetlands provide habitat for many important wildlife species. It is the only undammed river east of the Mississippi and provides drinking water to over 15 million people, including the cities of New York and Philadelphia. This exceptional waterway is threatened by development. In the last two decades, approximately 20 acres of forest are lost each day in the Upper Basin. The following conversation takes place in the Upper Delaware River watershed.
I'm Wynne Olson, and I have a house on the Lackawaxen River in Rowland, Pennsylvania, which is in Lackawaxen Township. I've been coming up here all my life. Um, my grandfather bought this property in 1922. I started coming up here for summers when I was three months old, and uh, I've been coming up ever since. Uh, my grandparents had a cottage on this property that was unfortunately uh, swept away in the 1955 flood, but uh, our family loved it so much up here. We came back the following summer and rented a place, and then in 1968, my parents retired and sold their house in New Jersey and built their retirement home here. I've been enjoying my place on the Lackawaxen ever since. We are looking at a magnificent river, the Lackawaxen River, and it's incredible to see it right in front of us, right outside your kitchen window. Could you describe for us what we're seeing right now and your connection? Well, I've always loved the Lackawaxen River. Uh, as a child, I learned how to swim in the Lackawaxen. I went tubing. I made friends up here during the summers, and we just had so much fun and felt so free up here. And now, even today, I look at the Lackawaxen every morning when I wake up. I take my coffee out onto my deck and uh, look at the river and I, I love just listening to it and looking at the rapids and also I have seems like especially this summer every day I see an eagle or two and sometimes even a heron alight on a rock across the river and uh, look for a fish. Last week I saw an eagle with its two fledglings catch a fish in its talon and then fly upstream to its nest, which is just about a quarter of a mile up the river from here. And when today, because we've had so much rain the last couple of days in this area, the river is muddy and churling and really racing by, how does that shift? And do you keep track of that? Do you have a relationship with the changes of the Lackawaxen River? Every day I look at the river and uh, it changes sometimes every day. Like last night we had a terrible, actually a rather exciting <laughs> rainstorm and thunderstorm. So today as I gaze at the river it's very muddy. In a day or two it'll be clear again and uh, beautiful. Where is the Lackawaxen River going? I'm watching it right now, head downstream. Uh, the Lackawaxen is a tributary of the Delaware River, and so my place is about five miles up from Lackawaxen, where Lackawaxen River joins the Delaware. So I have close connections to the Delaware River, too. Several years ago, I joined the National canoe safety patrol and uh, I've been out on a kayak a couple of times with the canoe safety patrol on the upper Delaware to uh, make sure that people going out in rafts and canoes and kayaks are wearing their life vests. I have throughout my childhood I have uh, tubed down the Lackawaxen uh, but I thought it would be fun to kayak 
as well. So when you were talking about your lifelong relationship with the Lackawaxen River, your history here, and you mentioned that cup of coffee and taking it out to the river, what happens to you when you do that? If you can take us to the river's edge. When I get up in the morning to take my cup of coffee out to my deck, and then sometimes I walk down the path to right to the river and, and sit on a rock down there. Never do that without being amazed at my good fortune and being in such a beautiful place. Right across the river from me is this big rock. I have uh, looked at that rock since I was three years old. When I was a little girl, I thought of it as a bear, so I call it a bear rock, but it has been a constant in my life. I think about that rock even in the wintertime when I'm not in Rowland or not by the Lackawaxen, but that is a constant. And behind the rock, on the other shore, there's a railroad track. When I was a child, the train, a little freight train came through Uh, once or twice a day and when we were my friends and I were in the river we would wave at the train and then wave at the man in the caboose. Beyond the railroad track is a mountain with some uh, stone cliffs and uh, so it's very private and bucolic here. You mentioned the constancy of this river, of this landscape, this natural landscape. What does that mean as you get older? What does that mean to have that kind of constancy to see bare rock, which is in the Lackawaxen River, even when you're not here? The environment is probably the most important thing in my life. And in terms of well, beyond Rowland and beyond the Lackawaxen, I just feel that um, the natural world is the most precious, the most precious thing we have. And it's important, so important to protect it. And I guess the natural world is, for me, epitomized by the Lackawaxen River and my place on it. When I think of nature, I think of and what has to be protected, I feel that the Lackawaxen River is the embodiment of the natural world for me. And the natural world is the most precious gift that people on earth have. I like to do my small part by helping to protect the Lackawaxen River, its uh, wildlife, and uh, its surrounding watershed. How are you involved with the conservation of the Lackawaxen River? I have been a member of the Lackawaxen River Conservancy since its inception in 2001. I was president of it for two years. One of those years was 2010 when the Lackawaxen River was named Pennsylvania River of the Year, something we were very proud of. Through the Conservancy, we have tried to make people aware of the precious resource they have right in their backyard. We have had programs to educate people on threats to the river through various sources of pollution, from agricultural runoff, from runoff from the roads, and uh, also from development issues. We're not opposed to development, but want to be sure that it is done in an environmentally conscious 
way. One of the issues that we have been especially uh, vigilant about in past years is uh, the invasive species that uh, have uh, invaded our uh, the riverbanks, uh, particularly Japanese knotweed. We've had several uh, public demonstrations about how to deal with that noxious weed. And we've also had public information programs on um, pipelines, natural gas pipelines in the area, and what homeowners and local residents can do about mitigating the environmentally destructive aspects of those pipelines going through our um, areas and also especially across the Lackawaxen River and across wetlands within the Lackawaxen River watershed. In, I think it was 2011, the Tennessee Gas Pipeline crossed the Lackawaxen River uh, about, well, three miles up from Lackawaxen. A wide swath of land was cleared on both sides of the river, and the the pipeline was built in an environmentally insensitive but economically expedient way. Now, three years later, the vegetation is just barely coming back on the um, riverbanks. Uh, fishermen have told me that they can't fish below that pipeline crossing because the fish's gills are filled with mud. The fish can't get to the macroinvertebrates that they feed on because they're covered with mud. The course of the river along the bank, I understand, has changed a little bit and might be causing some erosion. And uh, it's uh, the way the pipelines are threading across the landscape is a big concern to me and to to others uh, who were even more directly affected by it. And last year, a gathering line was built across a wetland that is in the Lackawaxen River watershed up near, um, I think it's called Whitehall, which is in within Lackawaxen Township, but it went right across a well-established wetland that was my understanding would be protected from anything like that. So that's a concern to me. The pipelines and that Tennessee gas pipeline has gone all across Pike County down to the Delaware. It has destroyed countless acres of forest and old growth trees and can never be restored to its natural beauty. And when thank you for sharing that. What is it about your relationship with your home, with this location on the Lackawaxen River, and also your involvement, your membership, you're the former president of the Lackawaxen River Conservancy, with your understanding of this ecology, of the value of where you live and this river and this landscape? I have enjoyed this river and the landscape all my life. It It's really unique, I think. There aren't so many places left in especially the Northeast. Basically pristine river and uh, beautiful forests and uh, river valleys. And uh, 
I would feel very bad if it were not passed on to future generations to enjoy and also protect. I'm the third generation here and uh, I have a niece and nephews who also love it here. So they're the fourth generation and now the fifth generation was just first representative of the fifth generation was born <laughs> a year ago and already he has dipped his toes in the Lackawaxen River. I often see turkeys. Sometimes they fly over to my side of the river from the mountain across the river and uh, then they strut across across my lawn. Uh, I always like to see them. They kind of remind me of a little uh, parade of monks because they're so quiet and with their dark bodies, they just quietly go across across the lawn as if they were um, meditating. I have some yellow flag irises that are native to this region, and I'm trying to cultivate them even more to so that they crowd out the um, the knotweed. I have wild flocks in the spring, purple and white wild flocks. I, th- I think that's what they're called. Uh, I have uh, lilies. I always called them tiger lilies, the orange lilies that we see along the roadsides. And the um, big willow tree down by the river, it has withstood so many flood episodes, but it seems to be doing fine. Tall oak trees that I think my grandfather planted in 1922 that are uh, are still thriving along the river. There are sycamore trees and locust trees and a few birch trees. So I had uh, quite a few yellow finches and uh, morning doves, blue jays, fish jumping. And I always like to see fishermen behind my house. It makes my river seem even more special to me when I see other people enjoying it and also, of course, taking care of it. My little section of the river is uh, popular with local fishermen, and sometimes I talk to them, and they just seem so at one with the river, and they just enjoy being in the river, whether they catch fish or not. Uh, One issue in uh, recent years has been um, increased turbidity of the river, uh, particularly in uh, late August, and that was caused by uh, the PPNL, Pennsylvania Power and Light, the owners of the uh, dam up in, uh, at Lake Wallenpawpack. There had been so many complaints about the odor of uh, hydrogen sulfide in this part of the Lackawaxen River. And it was due to, forgot the uh, biological reason, the cause of the uh, cause of uh, hydrogen sulfide has something to do with the lack of oxygen at the bottom of uh, the lake when they take water from the lake to release it to generate power. Um, So in order to mitigate that uh, very strong at times smell of uh, hydrogen sulfide, at, and, and also at the behest of the Conservancy, uh, PPNL installed an aerator that would uh, send oxygen down to the bottom of the lake, but that brought up 
all kinds of um, uh, dead, dead matter, dead algae from the bottom of the lake, and uh, that caused the turbidity of the water. So we got rid of the odor, but uh, in exchange we got uh, more green water very often in um, in the river during during August. This year it hasn't been much of a problem though, thank goodness. And I have spoken with a representative of the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission and he said the fish are healthy, the turbidity doesn't seem to bother the fish. You seem to be addressing when is the river is alive, that it's constantly changing, it's always interacting with its environment. Also, I love the I love drinking my coffee in the morning and looking at the Lacoaxin, but in the evening, uh, early evening, I love to ride my bicycle up along the towpath. It's such a beautiful time of the day when the sun is uh, going down behind the mountain and the the water is glistening in the Lacoaxin. But uh, recently, especially last summer, I was horrified when I noticed that uh, all of the vegetation along the uh, towpath, along the Lacoaxin, both on the riverside and also on the canal side, was, uh, had been sprayed with herbicide and all of the vegetation, even some of the trees, were brown, and PennDOT has informed me that it's cheaper to douse the vegetation with herbicide than to cut it down. Uh, and they said they were doing that to for the safety of uh, motorists and pedestrians. But I have tried, I have called a number of PennDOT offices to find out, one, what herbicides they're using, and two, I understand there's a no-spray list that residents can sign uh, to uh, have to prevent PennDOT from spraying on their property. But it has been impossible for me to find out how they can go about doing that. So that's, and also it concerns me that the runoff from the herbicide could go into the river and other uh, wetlands. When was the Lackawaxen River Conservancy started? The the Conservancy was uh, formed in 2001 uh, by a group of uh, local citizens. It's a volunteer, totally volunteer organization. And uh, so it was it was established to uh, by local citizens to protect the Lackawaxen River, its watershed, and the wildlife that it protects. I hope that uh, other people will be able to enjoy the Lackawaxen River and this beautiful area and also appreciate that it needs to be cared for and protected, but also enjoyed. 
and the more people who enjoy it, I feel, the more people will protect it and care for it and appreciate it. And with Wynn Olson on the banks of the Lackawaxen River, we're standing right next to it. And uh, hi, I'm Wynn Olson, and yes, we're standing by the Hemlocks, which is our old swimming hole in Rowland, PA, uh, in, uh, on the Lackawaxen River. And uh, this is a place where people have come for generations to go swimming. And uh, this is in. Uh, the stretch of uh, the, the towpath along the Lackawaxen called Little Norway because a number of Norwegian families came up here in the early 20th century and bought property up here because it reminded them of their homeland in Norway. And one of those people were my grandfather and, uh, and also my, my maternal grandmother grandfather and my paternal grandfather both came up here uh, in the early part of the 20th century and my maternal grandfather bought the property along the Lackawaxen that not that I now own and so I am the third generation to enjoy this place and my nephews and niece also enjoy this place and my little eight-month-old grandnephew enjoyed 
putting his toes in the Lackawaxen River too, so he's the fifth generation who will enjoy this place. So when these steps almost look like they're a secret, even though they're on the side of the road, they're, they're carved out here on the bank of, of the Lackawaxen River, and I see this beautiful cascading waterfall on the other side, on the other bank. So would you swim from this side to that side? If you could talk about this swimming hole. Oh, yes. Uh, actually, years ago on weekends, there may have been 50 kids and their parents here swimming, and we would swim across the river. And years ago, somebody had gotten an old railroad tie and made a diving board that we would jump off of. So the river is quite still and deep here. And how long is the swimming season in this river? Well, I guess from the end of May till the first week or two in September. But uh, then people enjoy it uh, on kayaks and canoes for a longer period of time. Thank you, Wynn. I'm speaking with Wynn Olson at her kitchen table in Rowland, Pennsylvania. We're on the shores of the Lackawaxen River. It is racing by today. Uh, it's August 22nd, 2014. And I'm just, how many miles outside of Hawley am I right now? We're about 13 miles outside of Hawley, downstream from Hawley. And we are 13 miles downstream of Hawley, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Wynne Olson. I'm here at my kitchen table on the shores of the Lackawaxen River in Rowland, Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, 